Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, February 26th. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, on the mics, we've got Shido, uh, Jake. Big week of college lacrosse ahead of us, but most importantly, John Desco. Is he on the hot seat? Just coming in hot, right? With the fire desco movement. Is that what is that we're doing? It's like it's like University of Texas. Is is Texas back? Is Cuse back? Uh you know, what does the poll say? The poll says no. So I mean, if you want to get right into it, um I'm gonna say it's it's the, is it's Cuse the biggest, in trouble. It's the biggest question <laughs> that all Cuse alums are, are talking about right now. And considering there's like 50 billion Cuse alums between just the lacrosse world in general. And then pretty much everybody at ESPN. Um, it's, it's, it's the How many, one question. This is, this is the question. No, no, no. The actual question is year over year. Is there another program that has been so intent on firing their coach other than Syracuse? Absolutely. Maybe like towards the end of the Petro era there, but like, I don't mm-hmm. even think so. Um. Yeah. The, Maybe Desco? Auburn University football with trying to get rid of Gus Malzahn. I okay, think. Yeah, I think yeah, that, yeah, that's it, the only it, other program. And it, it, like, if you want to take it to other sports. Yeah. If if we're taking it to other sports, like that's that's right around there. But um. Yeah. I mean, the Q alums definitely treat their lacrosse program as if it were an SEC football program. So, um, in terms of just being out of their goddamn minds about it, like, yeah. Um. But, whew, poor guy, man. You you think that Desco is on? You think he's online at all? I mean, his. I mean, you know, Tim De- Timmy Desco is very hard to find online. So, like, maybe it's a family thing because I've, you know, I, I've I've tried to search around like what is Tim like Timmy Desco doing these days? Like, is he like a you know? Did he take the Powell route where he's just like does not play lacrosse anymore? like sells you know crocheted sweaters or something like that like so maybe probably not i sure as hell hope not uh because based on some of the the comments here and there uh it's just it's not it's not great but i mean i I picture timmy desco showing up to his like office job and he still has like (laughs) one of those thin like under armor uh like the 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 leg bands yeah just in case yeah 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 yeah. just in case yeah you never know like he's always like he's got his like you know how like doomsday preppers have their like go bag and he's got like his go bag (laughs) swag like just in case like a men's league game breaks out or something and they're like hey man you you play it's like yeah i play uh so you know we both watched the game right like i caught the i caught the the second half of the game you know i was actually it's on the field yelling at kids as one does um and i caught the second half of the game and it's really tough because because it's really tough because you're you're met with this. Does Cuse stink, or did Army just come out firing on all cylinders? Uh, and I don't think I don't really think that. I mean, it's not. I don't really really think there's an argument to be made that you know Syracuse stinks because you got you know your your top flight like Jamie Tremboli and Brendan Curry and Chase Scanlon and and Tucker Dordovic, but like. 
I don't like to come down, you know, to go up early, to go up five early and then just get spanked, you know, army. I don't know. I, th I think it's more telling of army than it is of Cuse. I think there's a lot more to be desired from Cuse. Yeah. And like, here's the thing. It's, it's the first game of the season for, sure. for Cuse. So like, there's, there's just like so much that, um, you know, like you're, you're used to like practice like you scrimmage against each other, but like, you're never right. going to like, they're never going to see that look from, uh, Nick turn to Abshire. Like that, no. that's just like nothing that they're like used to seeing in like they can. And, and to, for, that was a, that was a, uh, low percentage play right the diving shot oh, like that's just not twice. i mean and they and he did it, it twice like i mean yeah like yeah like th those two guys brendan nickturn and wh what is he i think he's bobby abshire bobby uh, abshire i mean like that connection was just insane and like uh you know the, the broadcast had like the the keys to the game but you know before the everything started off like the pretty common sense obvious like Cuse has to find a way to stop Brendan Nickturn. Um, I think that we found out that not a lot of teams are going to be able to do that. Um, that kid is an absolute beast. But yeah, I like, and it's not like Army. So Army had their game against Virginia before, but it's not like there was like a ton of film for Syracuse to watch on that. So like, I, I, I think that the the fire Desco movement is drastically too quick right now. Um, Granted, they've been trying to pull the trigger on that movement for years now. So, but as, as if we're taking the 2021 season alone as its own entity, um, definitely way too soon. I would say defensively, like eventually you have to figure out a way to stop like just ball watching and getting beat off ball like every single time that Army has the like eventually at some point during the game, you have to make some sort of adjustment. They didn't. And Nick Durham was able to just slice them apart. Um, I mean, so was it I, me or did Syracuse? I mean, I, Syracuse defense looked really, really bad. As as you far know, as like if, a six, as far as like a six man defense goes, they were really bad. And and like, and it it was mostly all off ball. Like there were a couple plays um, where Army they were able to get you know kind of those, uh, you know, like they they would dodge like high wing and then get underneath on guys and like, yeah, like that's like bad, like one-on-one -on -one defense for Syracuse, but it was mostly just like the off ball stuff. They looked fucking like really, really bad. Um, I will say our guys did their job. I, I thought the Drake had a, a decently. He okay did as well game. as he could, man. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're not going to, you're not going to do well when you have Abshire alone, right on top of the crease and like just quick stick and every, like five seconds on you. Um, Jake Fopp looked great at the, at the face-off X. So our guys did their job. Um, but yeah, off-ball defense for Cuse. Fopp had an assist. Did he? He had, he had, a, he had an assist. He, put, he, got, he had an assist. So good for him getting his name on the scoreboard first game of the year. So some people are saying that it's the crease type curse. And by some people, Jordy texted me and saying that we're, we're, it's the crease type curse. But Jake Fopp got on the scoreboard. So. I uh, can't really argue with the statistics there. I mean, Drake Porter saw 31 shots. You know, they were, they were, they were absolutely hammering Drake with, with different looks. 
Brad, uh, kudos, no, Army, Army's goalie was. I was just about to say kudos yeah. to Wyatt Schubler, the Army Army goalie who was at, who absolutely had the game of his life. I think uh, he he made some incredible saves, and I mean Army's. I mean, do you, you know, if, if you put you know the two columns next to each other, like you know, check off who has the better attack, who, who you know who played better, whatever. I mean, Army's ride was better. Army's clear was better. They played better on ball defense. I mean, Army was the better team that day. I think the the one but, thing that Syracuse was yeah. better at was uh, drilling the crossbar. They did that. Uh, oh my god! I, I I don't think I've ever seen so many crossbar uh, them hit crossbar so many times. I think it was I think like Peter Durth hit the crossbar once. I know Brendan Curry did. Uh, Trimboli, I'm sure. Like it was it was insane. So you know maybe they should practice in the dome more to practice on the dome goals because, you know, it's just, if it's a different goal, maybe it's just, you know, a couple millimeters here or there, you, you know, you never know. Maybe. Yeah. Like if, if you're practicing <clears throat> somewhere, like you're, you're not taking into consideration like the lack of wind that. That's right. It's like, it's like dome. playing in a vacuum when you're yeah. in a dome. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take that into effect, into effect. But I will say that this is my favorite, like, this is my favorite scenario for Syracuse to where like they have so like such high expectations that they're right up there in the national title, like title contention, but then they fall off. Like this is where it's the most chaotic for Syracuse because when you have those expectations and then you drop a game to army, that's when you get all the alums freaking out about like the fire Desco movement. It's mm-hmm. only, f- it's only fun when Syracuse like is really good and they just like kind of like shit the bed a little bit like they did last week um so like this is like I I don't want them to be bad ever because college lacrosse is better when when Syracuse is great um and and if they're just absolutely like killing everybody that's also not as fun because then you don't get the fire desk movement then you have all these happy Syracuse alums being like look at how great we are so like as far as entertainment purposes go like this is kind of best case like i want syracuse to now rattle off a bunch of wins like i want them to be their memorial day weekend but this was like no i i hope that drake and jake aren't listening to this right now but like this is kind of like best case scenario like just as far as like chaos goes because i love when they're all losing their minds that's true there's nothing like seeing the fans of the team the the there's nothing like seeing a very i mean it's the syracuse just like syracuse fandom in general, you know, however restricted it is to, you know, lacrosse, basketball, and that sort of thing is very large. So, like, to see them, you know, especially on lacrosse Twitter, like, in a tailspin, it's pretty hilarious, I'm not going to lie. Um, one of the other things that put a particular fandom into a tailspin was the Rutgers-Penn State game, uh, in which Rutgers came away with a huge win over Penn State. Uh, uh, Mac O'Keefe. One shot, or sorry, one goal, seven shots, uh, 14%. Not the same Mac O'Keefe that that we've uh, seen. Again, again, beginning of Big Ten play. Takes a little bit to warm up. But Rutgers absolutely was the best team on the field. Um, Connor Kirst, the transfer from Villanova, uh, probably rated one of the best midfielders in the entire game. Um, absolutely killed it. Seven points. Uh, Adam Cherlambides, the 34-year-old man playing for Rutgers, 
he's not 34. He's like 24, but you know, he also had four points. Um, I mean, just Rutgers looked really good. And that is something that you love to see. Uh, Rutgers kind of making a, I mean, they have a potential to make a little bit of a run in the big 10. It's kind of nice, right? You know, who, my, do, who, do, who doesn't my, like my, that? My biggest knock on Rutgers over the years has been that they've always been that program where, you know, they're right up there in the top 20. Um, they're, they're looking at a point where it's like, Hey, like maybe this team could really contend in the big 10 here. Like maybe, maybe this is the team that can get the AQ out of this conference and then all of a sudden they have to play against Maryland and they shit the bed or they play against <laughs> Penn state and they shit the bed or they play against Hopkins and they should, it's like, yeah, like, okay, like rack some wins up against, you know, like Michigan all you want, but like, you got to come to play against the big boys. So starting off game one with a win over Penn state, huge. And like, yeah, Mac O'Keefe probably won't shoot that poorly again, the rest of the season, but it is, a little concerning. I feel like teams can just focus so much more on his shot now that Grant Amen is no longer there. And like, yeah, like that's like a pretty obvious thing. But like, if I'm a goalie, like I don't, I like I'm I'm just thinking like I don't have to worry so much. Is Grant Amen going to send my defenseman to the hospital at X with two broken ankles, and then I have to worry about getting dunked on right on the crease, or do I have to worry about him dishing it off to? to Mac and then I have to turn around and all of a sudden I'm getting a hundred mile per hour bullet slung right past my ear. Um, so it, it's definitely, you know, losing, even though they only lost grand event and everyone else was able to return to Penn state this year. Like that's, I, I think, I think we all knew that it was going to be a pretty big loss for them, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to take a little bit longer than we probably expected for them to figure out a way to, like fill that hole. No, I, I, I agree. Um, I, you know, it's one of those, it's kind of the same situation for Syracuse, right? You know, everything, everything looks right on pay. Everything looks right on paper. Uh, you know, you, you had a shortened season last year. You haven't really been playing, you've been playing, you know, against the same guys on your team all, all fall. And then you get on the field and it's like, oh, this is a little bit different. Uh, maybe the speed's a little bit different. So, uh, yeah, you're right. We won't see – I, I doubt – highly doubt we'll see Max shoot like that again. Although, I would kudos – like see him get like 10, 10 shots a game, though. I mean, I he's – I think seven's a little low for him. Seven is a little low for them. I think, you know, TJ Malone had 10 shots and he put up five points uh, for Penn State. And, I, I mean, one, you know, come on, Mac. That one goal is not going to chip away at the goals record, so we need them to put up some serious numbers if we want to see some records broken. But uh, kudos to Colin Kirst, who is Connor Kirst's brother. They both transferred to Rutgers. Colin Kirst had a is the is the goalie for Rutgers. He had a brilliant game, um, fifteen saves. So that that's probably the highlight of the game. Um, if I had to say, you know, fifteen saves is kind of insane. Uh, 63% save percentage for all you data nerds out there. Um, I mean, you know, what, the, the goalie kind of makes a difference. Face-offs are about even. We don't really care about face-offs. We don't talk about them uh, because neither of us are nerds. Um, get them out of the game. Yeah, get them out of the game. <laughs> eliminate, hashtag eliminate the face-off. I think, we would, I think, I think <laughs> that our followers would, would trying to think. I would like to know if I any of those guys I, went out there and took a face off with the dry mouth. 
that's right. Did they do, did they do dry mouth face offs? I think our followers would probably all have just like one collective conniption because they have, some of them have just this inability to recognize satire from, from real life. And that's okay. It's not for everybody. Um, but I'll tell, you I'll know, tell what you is what, for everybody? I was going to say, what's I'll tell you what's not satire is how goddamn good the Ohio state Buckeyes looked. Look at that. Look at that transition. Nobody is doing this. That's nobody is doing this. That's, that's why we're my mom's favorite podcast. Um, But Ohio state just like aesthetically, like they looked good as a lacrosse team. They, they beat up Hopkins pretty bad. Like there was a point where that game was even uglier than the final score made it out to be 14 to eight. Um, But just strictly on appearance, the murdered out uniform to start off the season, just a, a brilliant, brilliant move by whoever makes those calls for Ohio state. I don't know if they have an equipment manager. I don't know if the captains make that or if the coaches make that decision, whoever was in charge of making that decision right off the bat to come out murdered out. Unbelievable because there was no chance that they were going to lose that game. Um, but it made it even better that they whooped up on, and I'm, I'm sorry, Jake, because I know that you're a Hopkins Homer, but they whooped up on the um, Blue Jays pretty bad. First of all, first of all, Ohio State doesn't get the nod for the best kits of the weekend because Rutgers had more uniformity with, they pretty much all had the same color cleats, which is, which is kind of important when you're looking at like uniformity. If there was some sort of like, cleat uniformity with Ohio State then you're looking at like a wow that's a really clean kit everybody's wearing the same kit but no you had like fucking Terrafenko Ryan Terrafenko wearing his knee braces and this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen like faded white cleats with black ankle socks barely showing and then you had um I think it was Griffin Hughes wearing like these fucking nightmarish like ankle ankle length land sharks all black with white uh shoelaces it just there was no c- c- uniformity but you're right the gunmetal gray ohio state alternate with the with the the rival buckets did look really good now hopkins just couldn't get shit going i don't i do not understand i i i really i really don't understand you've got cole williams and his one shot that he took in the game he scored right he literally put his shoulder down, muscled his way to the goal. He's six foot five, probably six six in cleats, two hundred and twenty pounds. He could just muscle his way to the goal every time if he wanted to, right? Joey Epstein had one goal. I mean, Connor D. Simone kind of flourished, you know, changing positions. But like, it just Hopkins, like, it, like you know, like when you're when you're trying to you know turn your car over and your fu- alternator's fucked up or something, or your batteries are they just just kind of cranked it a little bit and then it died. And you just cranked it a little bit and died, and that's that's literally what the offense looked like looked like, you know. And Ohio State was just, I mean, first of all, you're not going to guard Trey Leclerc. Let's just let's just be plain and simple about that. He's one of the most electric players that we get to watch right now. So. More like Trey LaFlair, as our good buddy Mikey Diggs would say. Uh, but, I mean, frustrating game if you're a Hopkins homer, but promising if you're an Ohio State fan, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm at the point right now where I, I don't, I don't want to declare them dead yet because it is just one game. 
but I just feel like as a like Hopkins as a program has just I feel like it's just lost steam. They're I, not Towson, okay? They're not they're, Towson. Okay, okay. Get out of they're here. not they're not Towson, but I just feel like they haven't all right, so so when when was the last time they were at Memorial Day weekend? Like 2015, maybe? Pro- probably somewhere. Pro- pro- probably somewhere. I don't know. I just it doesn't feel like they are quite at the top like they used to be, and because of like because like I kind of like the same thing I said about Syracuse, where college lacrosse is always better when they're good. I don't really know if we need Hopkins at this point because I I, I think that you're just, you're just saying close the program. Is that what you're saying? I, no, I'm, you I'm son not of saying a bitch. no, but I'm I'm not. It's it's not that I'm saying close the program, but it's saying like Syracuse is one of those programs where I think that the game is always better when they're good. I I don't think like I I used to say that about Hopkins too because you have people who either love Hopkins or you hate Hopkins. Um, but at this point, like, they're just like, it's like, okay, like whatever, like they've just been bad. So like we can all move on. And they've been, they've gotten spanked and 16 and 17 in the opening rounds of the tournament. I'm looking I just, at, I, I, I feel like they've, right? they've just been like sputtering around at like 500 for like the past, like, four years and then last year they get Petro fired. And then, I mean, again, it's, it's one game, so they could turn it around. And I think that they had a pretty good recruiting class coming in this year, but I, it's just been so long since I've been like, yeah, like this is so yeah, you're like Hopkins, Hopkins Hopkins has the, has the, has the juice, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. you know, no, you're definitely, I mean, you're definitely right. You know, it's, it's tough to see like a, like a very prestigious program, you know, sputter, as you said, it's, it's really tough to see that. Um, it would be like, you know, the equivalent of seeing like, you know, you've, I mean, it's, I mean, see, they, there's some pair, there's some parallels that are there with, with, with Syracuse, even though, you know, Syracuse had, you know, back to back championships in 2008 and 2009. So like, it's not quite the same, but like, you know, everything looks pretty good on paper, but uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's but, not but a whole lot to be basically said. what I'm, what I'm saying right now is like, it's not even like, it's not even fun to hate Hopkins, right? No, now. no, no. It's definitely, it's definitely not like, like there's, because, you're not, you're just because like, like that, that ah. was the thing. It's, it's like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're just like, like you, you either are a Hopkins fan or you're just like, yeah, like they're, they're a team at this point. Like no one's like, <laughs> they like, exist. I, I just, like, like no one is over here, like kind of like, you know, rubbing their fingers together, all like giddy over the fact that Hopkins is terrible. It's just like, yeah, like that's, that's just the fact of the matter. So I, I need them to get good so that I can start hating them again. Um, but yeah, I mean, big 10 looks like it will we'll have a nice, nice shakeup of teams to be coming out of there this season. Um, definitely a good year to be wearing red in the big 10. So Rutgers, Ohio state, Maryland, um, Oh, one one last game that I that I would like to talk about, um, <laughs> Georgetown. Come on, guys! Oh, like, have, Jake Carraway. have a soul. Are you? Well, one Georgetown have a soul, but two Villanova have a fucking pulse. Are you guys kidding me? Sixteen to one. Sixteen to one. Jake Carraway, uh. eight. 
and one. Jay Carraway scored more goals in this game than Villanova might score all season. Yeah, Jake Carraway is just absolutely disgusting, dude. There's, there's, I mean, he he's one of those guys that, yeah, you you get like, you know, Ryan. So, like, so, you know, there's always talk about, you know, the best players in the game, right? You know, as well as Michael Sowers, oh, it's Brendan O'Neill, but like Jake Carraway, um, Connor Kirst, and Ryan Tarafanko are like, are three guys who really don't I don't think that I think they don't get talked about enough so Connor Curse has had an incredible incredible career and him going to Rutgers was insane but Tarafenko well swagless god of all time you know the most swagless player there ever was he definitely doesn't get enough but Jake Carraway has had an impressive Georgetown career I believe do not quote me on this I believe he's somewhere in the top for either like in Georgetown all time for points and goals. Don't don't quote me on that, but I'm fairly certain he is. So, um, I mean, what do you what do you say? Like you're like you know that Villa that Villanova Georgetown rivalry is like a really good rivalry, and I love I love when they play each other. But God, dude, getting 16 put on you, you know, there's that's tough. That is so tough. Was what, uh, who was at home? Was Villanova wearing the frosty whites too? That would be even tougher. I love Villanova's get up. I, I believe that they were home. Um, Vanilla, Villanova was ranked 18, too. They were in the top 20. Luckily, the Big East isn't the strongest conference of all time. So, like, you'll get some time to, like, kind of get yourself going against Marquette, Providence, St. John's a little bit. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, to, to come out. And just get your dicks kicked in that hard in game one. I, I feel like that's Villanova coming off the tracks right away, and it's going to be pretty tough to get back on after that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what you say. You kind of just have to go back to the drawing board, right? You know, you get sixteen hung on you, and you're like, well, uh, like, like if I'm a bench guy, uh, new if season. I'm a bench guy- if I'm a bench guy on Villanova, I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck am I like just hanging out here, uh, like in school, like not being able to do anything because I want to not be on the COVID protocol. If I'm going to stand on the sideline and we get our asses kicked 16 to one, like I'm out of here. Oh, speaking of, you know, speaking of that, did you see today? Um, sorry, you guys are listening to this Friday. So this happened a couple hours ago. Caden Johnson uh, entered the transfer portal at UNC. So he saw that Colin Creek is absolutely they're four and zero. A freshman, a freshman is one is the starting goalie. I think UNC has four or five on the roster, but the freshman, uh, you know, they Caden Johnson, he was hurt, right, or COVID protocol or whatever. Uh, they put Creek in the goal. They're four and zero now. Caden's like, you know, holy shit, I may not play the rest of the season. I'm too old, so you know where the fuck could Caden? You know, that dude, transferring in the a, middle of the year. I'm well. I I think you probably have to. I I don't know the logistics of it. I'd imagine that you I think have it's before to be, four games, right, or something. Maybe before the sixth game or something. I don't, I don't know what the well, what the well, deal what is I'm for eligibility. Is, is is I don't I don't know like what the rules are, but you probably have to have your name in the transfer portal in order to talk to coaches. Like you probably can't sure. be. So like, yeah. it's like, yeah, like you, you kind of have to get this figured out pretty quick. Cause it doesn't look like Colin Krieg is going to be giving up that spot anytime soon, at least not willingly. Um, yeah. I mean, like 
a couple of huge huge saves for him uh, especially in that high point game towards the end there um you, like there there's not really like that's why like the goalie and faceoff position kind of like what you said in the interview last week where it's not like you're disposable like in in a in a negative sense but like no but someone can come it's in re- and replace you and if they do really fucking good like a coach can't be like well shit like it was you before <laughs> go to you now, even though this guy's killing it right now. Um, so yeah. Like if, if I'm Joe Bresci, like it's like, dude, like that sucks that you're, you lost your starting spot, but like, what do you want me to do? Like take out the kid who has his four and L right now. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, you know, Creek is, is he's, I just you know, Kate and Kate. Well, Kate Johnson's a junior. Okay, so he 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 would have an extra. He would have a, another year to play somewhere else. But yeah, he's got they've got five goalies on the roster right now. Um, and I mean, it's exactly what I said. You know, it's not it's not disposable is not the right word. And I think I think I'll I'll eventually be able to word it better. But um, it's, it's, next man up, it, next man up really applies to the goalie in the faceoff position. Like like. In the sense that, you know, well, Ohio State, they said, well, you got, I mean, we're just going to let Tarifanko face off. You know, it's, it's SNG. We're going to give him a go. And they let him face off nine times. And then, you know, if Tarifanko hadn't won, you know, six of those, then he would have been yanked for the next guy. You know, so it's not necessarily that you can get yanked and you'll, you know, never going to play again. But like for a goalie, if, 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 you know, uh, there is a possibility. For, for the goalie and that that's where the, the goalie and the faceoff kind of you know differ because you can have a hot hand as a faceoff guy and then you're like ah oh, you know he had a down game we'll put in our next man up right and then you kind of have to battle out in practice but for a goalie uh if you're hot you, you can see it right now if you're hot through four games they're kind of just going to stick with you right so Kate and Johnson's like well shit <laughs> like yeah. the fuck am I supposed to do you know that's it. so so it's not to spo- but like like every every position across the board in the cross like you're replaceable unless you're like like right. a, like one of like the greatest players in the world like Michael Sauer is probably not replaceable um but like every position you're replaceable but a position like a goalie or a faceoff guy where you're the only one at that position it's just way yep. way tougher for you to then take back that spot that you've been replaced in you know yeah so like if if you're yeah so exactly what you said if like you're the only one and Colin Creed comes in and is killing it well guess what buddy like you're gonna either have to wait for him to you know knock on wood get hurt or you're gonna have to wait for him to get shelled one game um, but from the looks of it like you're probably not getting that back anytime soon and it's of no fault of your own it's just that you weren't there he was there and now he's fucking crushing it. Is that like a slap in the face to your teammates, though? You know, Caden Johnson's been around for a minute. You know, like you know, I, I, do you do you if you're if you're one of the guys on the team, like do you blame him? Like, you know, he wants to play at a high level. Like, I, I almost really, you know, I almost like don't blame him. No, you know, if oh, I'm no, if I'm no, one of his no, teammates, no, you know, if I'm one of his teammates, think... yeah, if I'm one of his teammates, I'm kind of like, you know, you do you, man. Like, I know you get, I know you're trying to, you know go pro like, or whatever uh, yeah so, so like and, and even if he like I, I don't know what his deal is like if he's if he has like pll on the horizon but like i don't like i i, I think 
it's probably tough for some kids to like realize like, Hey, like Caton, you have a couple years left of this and then you're going to be showing up to like a Tuesday night beer league playing goalie. And it's just not going to be the same. <laughs> so you like, like get all the playing time that you can get while you are still in school. Sure. So if, if that means you have to leave UNC to do it, like, trust me, like go be somewhere where you can play. Cause eventually I, I, I can't imagine many guys have fun playing goalie in beer league. So um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, and just because he's in the transfer portal doesn't mean that he's going anywhere. So like he could just be talking to coaches right, right now and then Colin Creek. That's might true. Have a bad game. That's true. Um, you know, a lot can happen, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, def- he, he's it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a good problem for UNC to have that they have too, too many, that they, that they have yeah. too many really good goalies right now. So I mean, yeah. they're on a roll. So what a, yeah, what a problem to have. Right, like, oh, which one of my all-star goalies am I going to put yeah. in? You know, like that's, and I mean, just, I'm just sure that Bres- just keeping Breshy up at night, like, oh man, I can't believe a- I have to choose between these two great goalies. This sucks. I mean, kudos to Breshy. You know, they they were at championship weekend a couple of years ago, and it looks like that you know they're on track to to hit championship weekend again. Um, you know, the first time that that Duke. And we, you know, we won't see, we won't be able to see Duke and UNC until April. But when we do, that's going to be a very, very, very serious game because UNC is just to the fucking teeth loaded. Um, so I guess that kind of covers all of what we've, uh, you know, all from last weekend. Oh, uh, again, just shocking breaking news in the lacrosse world today. Uh, may I invite you to talk about the chaos trade? So earlier in, in the year, we, we had the, the Rob Pinnell to the Redwoods trade. And I'll, yes. I'll, I'll be honest, like that didn't get my juices flowing. I don't think no, it really I got your less. juices flowing either. It, it, just, less. it, it really wasn't a, a trade that moved the needle. Mm-mm. This one right here. Connor Fields heading from the Chouse over to the Archers and in return going to the Chaos to play with what appears to be the entire Buffalo Bandits roster will be Ian McKay. Uh, so McKay for Fields straight up. Now this one is a trade where it, it I would imagine that the Chaos, they weren't going to protect Connor Fields when it came to the expansion draft. So if they were going to lose him anyway, they might as well make a trade for him now and bring back someone in return instead of just losing him for free. So in return comes Ian McKay. Okay. I I, I would like to hear your take on this for my All take. Right. I'll, I'll let you know where I stand. And your take that, is going to suck. No, I know it. I, I know I'm going to hate it. I'll, I'll, I'll I know let, I'm just going to love let, it. I'll let you know right now. It, it's going to be pretty lukewarm in the fact that I think that both okay. teams okay. benefit from this, but I would give the advantage, like the slightest edge to the archers. I think that they, they clearly got the better player, but I think that it'll benefit both teams. I mean, the better player in what sense? I, you know, it, 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 it the not certainly. Okay. So Ian McKay, Fits better player Ian McKay, Ian McKay will never I love Ian McKay Ian you're listening right now I love you Ian McKay will never be in the MVP conversation in the in the PLL he's just not that player 
Okay, Connor so Fields. but but when you send Connor Fields to to a, a a team where there's other MVP candidates, it kind of waters down his chances for an MVP, another MVP candidacy. Yes, but I'm but I'm saying that he has the ability to be an MV, He was an MVP finalist, uh-huh. so that that's where they get the better player. Right. Okay. Um, Regardless, I think that the chaos win the trade because McKay fits the offense more. McKay fits the run and gun offense more than uh, than Fields did. Ten hat, are you ready? Just take out your ten foil, put on your ten hat. Um, I believe in the in my heart of hearts that Connor Fields was hurt uh, in the summer, and that's why he didn't play. That's why he was yanked. I think he was hurt, uh, whether it be residual knee injury. Maybe he had COVID and they're just, you know, covering it up, conspiracy. Maybe he was out slinging beers with the boys and, uh, you know, had COVID. Who knows? Um, But uh, I believe that he was hurt and that's why he didn't play. And it just kind of turned out that the chaos kind of crushed whatever. So it it just like the coincidence that he was yanked and then the chaos crushed, all coincidence, right? But. Where the f- I mean, now you have to decide where you're going to fit Connor Fields into an offense with three attackmen who are not going to come off the field. Mar- Marcus Holman, Will Manny, Will Manny's left lefty, uh, Ament right-handed, uh, Holman right-handed, but like those three are not coming off the field, so you have to run Fields out of the box, I guess. Let's be honest, Jordy. You and I could probably beat Connor Fields in a 50-yard dash. He's not the fastest guy, but he's got a better stick. So do you run him as like your, like your, you know, he's subbing for the pole on a face off. He kind of just jogs his way in, makes his way to the crease and then kind of just crushes at the crease. Right. You know, but then you could, you could do that. Do you, but I see, here's the thing. I don't think, I think he could play attack and you could run Will Manny out. Yeah, but Will Manny, Will Manny makes all of his cash from within three yards of the goal, right? Like, what, what, Will Manny can shoot, right? He's one of the best, you know, Tawarton finalists, like one of the, like one of the, the great, one of the greats, right? But, like, his stick is so quick is he that he, he thrives. Is he, is he one of the greats? I think Will Manny is a fantastic player. There's nobody's got to – I, think I don't he, think there's I think anybody fan- who can finish, who can finish. If you, if you, if you I, think, I think Will Manny's one of the greats in the sense that uh, one of the great compliment players, right? Holman and Manny together, you know, that's a, that's an Ament and O'Keefe situation, right? Uh, I still think that Manny, his finishing abilities are top in the league. You know, he's versatile. He's quick. But think about, know. but think about where Connor Fields was doing most of his damage at Albany. It's when he got to work with Lyle and he wasn't the main guy. Like that's, like, sure, but like, but again, like, so when you're playing, you know, Albany's going up against fucking Lehigh, right? They're going, he's going against, uh, you know, some of Syracuse's like, short like defenders, Sienna, right? Sienna, right. You got, yeah. got Matt Matt McMahon, who who has the the wingspan of Shaq, right, wailing on your arm. That's way different than what Connor Fields was able to do in college. Connor, they, at Albany, he had the freedom to hold the ball whenever he wanted. The Archers don't play offense like that. So either Fields but, but, learns but, how to but, play it differently. But why, but why does – why are we saying that he can't play against the P5 
PLL defenders when he put up preposterous numbers his first year in the league. Like, I think that there's a real recency bias against Connor Fields right now because he didn't have a good season this past summer. And I don't think that we can take anything that happened this past summer for anything because it was just a glorified summer tournament. It was a, it was a weekend showcase as far as professional lacrosse goes. And like, not, not to any fault of the PLL. It's just no. like, it, it's just the fact that because of COVID guys had to show up, they got like four days of practice for preseason. And then they had to play a bunch of games in two weeks. And like that, that's, it was champ camp for professional lacrosse. Again, not the PLL's fault, I'm not shitting on the PLL right there, but like you can't take anything that happened in that season and be like, yep, that's exactly how it is because that's not how it actually, like you give, you give Connor Fields and Grant Ament time, like an actual preseason to figure out how to work with each other, how to like, how he can move off ball, get open for him. And like, you, you don't, Will Manning. Oh, see, I, now now he, I'm, Connor now Fields, I'm agreeing with even you. unbelievable. So like, I, I think, I don't know. Like it, it'll be it'll be a good competition, Will Manny and Connor Fields. But I just think that Fields has proven enough in that first year that was like an actual season of the PLL that he can do ridiculous damage against the best defenders in the world. And now you put him with a guy like Grant Ament, where he doesn't have to be the number one ball carrier, and he can still do all the sick shit that he's capable of. And like, and again, like, so the same thing that we were saying with UNC having an issue with a goalie, this is a fantastic issue for Chris Bates and the archers to have where it's like, wow, we have two fucking stallions at lefty attack that we have to choose from. I, I, I totally, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you. I think I, I'm agreeing with you now. I think that, I think what the, what the issue is and what everybody's looking at is they're like, they're looking at the firepower on the archers offense and they're like, how does fields fit in? And what you're saying is that, you know, we have to give Fields credit, throw away the recency bias and, you know, give Fields credit to be able to integrate himself into the offense. I totally, I totally get that. I, I, I absolutely get that. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Yes. But, you know, and there's no but for me. I just, you know, Fields did a lot of damage with the chaos uh, in a different style. And it'll be up to Fields to decide how he thrives in I mean, the archers are very organized, you know, chaos is disorganized. It's literally, it's literally the same. So like, it literally, you know, same as the, the name. So like, but it'll be up to fields to decide how kind of he fits in and, and baits too. And you know, how he works with the men and things like that. So my, my biggest issue with the way that this trade is being perceived online is that I, I feel like people fall in love with the, well, there's only one ball argument. And like, th this is like for, for like NBA Twitter and everything too. people, well, there's only one ball, like how are, you know, like, how's he going to fit in? Like, you know, he, you know, a, a med's got to carry the ball fields has to, but like, like people overthink that too much. Like at the end of the day, just get the best fucking players. The best players will always win. Look at the whip snakes. Why, why do they win? Why are they back-to-back -back champs? Is it, you know, is most, it most of them played at Maryland with each other? No, did Zed Williams play at Maryland? No, it's because no, they have the, the best. best they have the best players. They have Matt yeah. Rambo and Zed Williams, like the best, the the two best players in the game. Well, Schreiber's in there too, but guess what? Schreiber's on the Archers, so now the Archers have even more. Of the, get the best players. Stop overthinking it. And like, here's the thing, uh, Andy Copeland. Like, if if all these, if everyone knows that Connor Fields is up for sale. Like, 
why why does Chris Bates make the move to get him? And why doesn't another like Connor Fields would would be okay? This is where I I feel like I'm gonna hurt your feelings a little bit because 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 I know well because I I know I know how big of a fan of Drenner you are. Connor Fields Uh would be the best. He would be the best attackman on the Whip Snakes roster or not the Whip Snakes. Well, the other W team, the Water Dogs roster. Why why wouldn't they like if Connor? So this is my other. This was my other 10 hat theory was that the archers already have the number one pick, right? They acquire fields for leverage to build something else because they know something that we don't. So you acquire fields and then you send them somewhere else with a one round, with a, with a first round pick if you need it. Right. So what do the archers need? Okay, so I, so I, I, really I would, I would like that because like, that's good chaos. And like, that's like, like that, I I, like I mean, that. if you're using him as that's that, I mean, that was my other thought was like, okay, like the archers are kind of set at offense and they have a number or first round picks. So don't they have the number one overall pick? They got it by a lottery or something like that. Well, no. So, so the Atlas have the first pick in the college draft and then the cannons have the first in the, there's too many drafts. I, 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 there's I, too many drafts, but the archers have a very high draft pick and uh, yeah. whether it be first round or whatever. So, you know, that was my thought was like, okay, maybe they're using fields as leverage to get something else. The only thing that I could think of is maybe they might, they might be a trying to acquire uh, a defenseman or who's taking face-offs. Is it Bones Kelly? You know, maybe yes. like a face-off guy or something. I think it's Bones still taking face-offs. So like, you know, I, it, so th- there's a couple different, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? So now it's up to, now it's up to these guys to figure out how fields, uh integrates i think the true test it will be um when are we going to see on connor field's instagram that he's hanging out with the archers because if he's hanging out with the archers pretty much immediately right if he's like chilling with them if like he's in philly right or if he's like chilling with some of the guys in san diego like you know when he starts building that camaraderie then it's dangerous right then it's like oh shit like that like this trade's real right but if we don't, maybe they're just kind of making moves and they're going to acquire somebody else. Like, you, you never know. So, all in I'm all, I think it's pretty I'm interesting. i first trip to Utah that I can get because it's beautiful out there. But, you yeah. know, I don't know. I, so, I don't know. I, I, kid, kid, kid from the Rochester area or Buffalo area might not think that it's quite as beautiful. I think, I think he probably thinks, like, uh, just cement is beautiful. You know, all the, you know, when you like the snow, just like the black snow from yeah. the road. He's like, oh, yeah. wow, that's, that's some, nice. Some, some slush and some plastic tables. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I, I think that I, I think that I pulled you on my side more than you pulled me on yours. I mean, I still think that the, I still think that in terms I, I, of I, like immediate fit to an offense, like immediate fit, like they, they go out and play tomorrow, like Fields doesn't fit, McKay fits better, right? But okay, yeah, you're right. But you are right. If you give them an actual preseason, Connor Fields can be a chameleon, hopefully, and integrate into the Archers' offense. However, Bates decides to do so. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Well, then, really, what we just saw is that. This is why talking through things is a much better way to have these arguments than on Twitter because people on Twitter right now are just blasting each other and there will be no uh, no resolvement to this argument anytime no, soon as, as, long, as long as it's boiled down to 280 characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
pretty pretty eventful week in the sport of lacrosse and that uh i mean that that should take us right up into this week and to get ready for this upcoming weekend we will be joined by duke defenseman absolute stud one of the scariest human beings in college across jt giles harris uh and i'll tell you what he plays a mean aggressive game there's nothing soft about his game at all but do you want to know what is soft what a a shirt from pro athletics some of the softest material that you could ever have draped over your body you can wear it to the gym you can wear it to work you can wear it you're going out to a fancy dinner or you're taking a girl out to red robin or the olive garden on your first date breaking out all the big guns throw on your pro athletic shirt you're going to be looking like a million bucks uh just unbelievable performance that you get out of there like i i'm not a runner at all and i swear to god when i put on my pro athletic shirt i can run a mile in at least nine and a half minutes jordy i so let's say that i i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a youth coach and i want to get my my team kitted out with uh with some custom jerseys and you know maybe some custom duffel bags and i just i don't know where to go do you know where i can go for that well if you wanted to and if you wanted to be financially responsible, you could actually head to proathletics.com. And if you were to put in promo code CREASTIVE, that's all lowercase, CREASTIVE, you could get 10% off your entire order. So if you're trying to outfit an entire team and you're getting 10% off, you're saving money to look fantastic. And you're going to feel good too. We guarantee it. That's not copyrighted by Men's Warehouse. So, and and as Teddy Roosevelt once said, "Look good, feel good, play good." Only when I'm wearing my pro athletics and carry a big stick or something like that. I, there yeah. was something like that in there. Yeah. Something I don't, I don't about know. a big stick, but uh, yeah, head on over to proathletics.com. Promo code Creestai for ten percent off of your order. And this interview is brought to you by Pro Athletics. So let's kick it on over to JT Giles Harris. All right, and joining us now, we've got All-American Defender out of Duke University, J.T. Giles Harris, uh, a man who has been leading this Blue Devils defense for quite some time now. So, J.T., thanks for hopping on with us. How's it going? Uh, Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, a lot has been made out of the Duke offense so far this year and, and for good reason, you guys have some, uh, some guys who, who know how to play a little bit of lacrosse. Um, but the defense I think is where a lot of people like the, the offense is going to be grabbing all the headlines. Defense has been pretty solid, you know, for a while now. Um, you know, how, how, how are you feeling about the way that the defense looks so far this year? And do you ever get a little bit jealous of those offensive guys for stealing all those headlines? Um, I mean, for us, yeah, like last year, you know, everyone was like super young, obviously Kenny and Ty were freshmen. Jake was a freshman uh, playing a bunch. So it was learning. Obviously, we weren't like that good. But, you know, this year coming back, everyone came back, no new pieces. So, you know, we all got the chemistry. Now we're just like really putting it together. So it's going pretty good, you know, and obviously it helps when, you know, Ty is kind of playing like an animal and Kenny's playing like an animal. But people don't notice the little things, which is dope. But, yeah, it's uh, – I'm, I'm, it's coming together for sure. And yeah, low key sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> they'll be like, Oh, put up 19. Like, damn, we held them to seven, two though. You know, 
it's it's all right though. It's part of the job. Yeah, they always get the they always get the glory for putting up goals. You know, it's always always the talk about uh, fucking you know the guy who put up you know six points rather than you know your four cause turnovers and eight crown balls. Like that's it. It gets easily overlooked. Um, I guess the question, you know, my my first question is, uh, you know, how at, how advantageous has it been for you? First of all, being able to play against probably, you know, and, and guard Michael Sowers in, in in practice because, you know, you're getting the guard, you know, you, you know, it's not like, you know, you guard the guys on your team all day and then you go play somebody else and you get like a different, you know, different flavor, a different team. You're basically, you know, on your, you know, on your ass the whole time or on his ass the whole time and you guys are, are battling in practice. What's that like? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty dope obviously there's no one else like him in the country in my opinion for sure um so you know going at it it's it's pretty nice because it's you know it's like it's not like we're like shit talking to each other but you know it's competitive spirit just like i'm not gonna let him beat me and he's trying to like you know work me at the same time so it's pretty you know really keeps me keeps me motivated every day just not like not let him not let him beat me you know so it's pretty it's pretty good and then when it comes to the games you know it feels a lot easier to guard some of these not that they're not good but just like you know i'm guarding him all day every day so you know i'm guarding the best of the best it won't be too much of a problem i hope you know if i bring my game what's it what's it like uh, what about o'neill though because brennan o'neill is a he's not the size of a normal attackman yeah you know you're what you're 510 200 and he's like 62 230 yeah, you know it's awesome. he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a monster right so you get <laughs> is he a shit talker Nah, he's pretty quiet. He's he's talks. Uh, nah, he doesn't talk. He just kind of he just kind of plays. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's a big dude. That's like the first thing. And then once you start dodging, you realize like how quick his feet are too. So yeah. it's like you know gets you with a little hesitation. And he, I think he ran through some kid on Towson kind of at the goal line the other day, and that's what he can kind of do. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a different mindset kind of guarding those two. If you you know even even a. Uh, with Joe Rob, you know, they're all pretty different. So you got to like think, yep. think before they dodge, like what they can do, what their game is and whatnot. So yeah, just to clarify, none of them are talking shit. Nah. At practice. Nah. That's so, I'm, I'm <laughs> gravely disappointed. I mean, like, I, it, when it gets heated, like we do, but like, okay. Most, nah, you know, yeah. Okay. So it's all business at Duke practice. Noted. Noted. <laughs> Now, what what I think needs to happen though, because again, like I, I I feel bad for you guys that the offense is taking all these all these headlines away from you. Um, you know, you guys are are strong on defense. You guys have two really really solid goalies who we've been able to see uh, Adler and Upgren both get a, a ton of playing time so far in like four games so far this year. So I think what needs to happen. Uh, I, I was looking back through some stats. It looks like you have one goal so far in your career, but I think you need to just start bringing the ball across the midfield line a little bit more. And like those guys are going to get their stats regardless. I think it's time for JT to start getting the green light and letting those rip. I, I've seen you shoot before in Lake Placid. It's it's like it's okay. It's not like the greatest shot in the world, <laughs> but I think that you can put some home. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's easier to just you know. They shit off the Dyson or Joe Rob and Mike and be like, oh, we scored. Dope. <laughs> nah, but I feel you. It's, uh, I don't know, one maybe turns into two, turns into five, and with like 20 points or something, that'd be dope. Yeah. Um, 
speaking of, of Adler, uh, how's that been, you know, having a, a kid come in, transfer, and, like, you know, obviously you're probably in charge of that defense in terms of, like, you know, the polls, but obviously the, the goalie is always going to be the guy directing traffic for the most part. Um, like, how, how's that been, just bringing in a new guy like that and having him kind of direct traffic been good, been, you know, a couple, couple bumps in the road or what? No, it's been pretty smooth. Uh, it's a lot easier just because, you know, he's a really nice guy off the field. And all of them, you know, there hasn't really been any friction with anything, I don't think, just like on the offensive end or on the defensive end. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, I have learned what he likes and he learns what I like. So, you know, just kind of play off that, trying to get the best thing working, you know. So if he, um, you know, if he likes to do something out of my comfort zone, it's obviously what benefits him a little bit more so he can save the ball, pitch it out. So, but – uh, no, nah, it's been pretty smooth. You know, he's a he's a funny guy, <laughs> which is awesome. But yeah, it's uh, he he does his thing back there, and I let him I let him work. Yeah, and then I feel like there have been like eighteen different classes at Duke who have been able to play with Turner Upgren. He seems he's one of those guys who is his name's just like been there forever. So, yeah. couple 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 seven seventh year seniors in the world of college across these days, and I I know that he's not a seventh year, but it feels like he's been there for seven years. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> he's an adult adult kind of he, he does want he does want to know about your your burner account he asked us to ask you yeah oh no someone someone made it and then it actually came up this was pretty funny i made a uh uh this ryan hastings used to send me like i'm a big batman fan batman like slander accounts on twitter so i made a burner account for that i used to tweet back at him like denying all the slander facts and stuff so i was like Kind of fun. I did that for like you know like two like two months probably, but never got a reply. But yeah, that was my real burner account. <laughs> Listen, do you, man, you gotta do you have uh, do you have a favorite Batman? The Christian Bale. Uh, what, yeah, Christian Bale probably my dude. I like like yeah. Nah, he's my guy for sure. Who's Batman well, you, now? Is it, isn't it the Twilight it's guy? Ben, no, it's Ben Affleck. No, it's Ben Affleck, and then yeah, the new like the Batman Robert is Pattinson. The, yeah, yeah Rob Pattinson. How do you feel about Affleck, though? The new Snyder cut that's going to come out? And, I mean, they had, like, a couple sneak peeks of, of Affleck in there. Like, yeah. I, I like, like, he's, like, big, like, looks like Batman, but, like, I don't know. He doesn't Christian, – like, Christian Bale did it better for, like, the, the Playboy side, too. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. You're not like Affleck is like, damn, that guy's absolutely just getting ass. You know, exactly. Bale's a bit more yeah. of a pretty boy than Affleck is. Affleck's kind of like – I mean, there's all this memes of him just kind of like hanging out, like, you know, wearing the long, you know, like, he looks like he's dressed like Adam Sandler, like smoking a cigarette. Like there's all, yeah. He, he no, no, his, like, I totally understand it. Like 18, like Dunkin' Donuts. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're all like big mood. And it's just like fucking Ben Affleck looked like he's all fucked up. So um, uh, I heard you guys, they, they keep the, the hammer. I don't know who's, it's probably Quint, but Quint is always mentioning on the broadcast that you guys, you know, uh, which is very impressive that you got through 1,700 clean COVID tests, which, uh, first of all, is remarkable in and of itself. Um, what have you guys done? I mean, what have you guys done? Because I've heard some, you know, I know a kid who plays for Ohio State. He said that they've really just kind of been training in groups. Like, what has Duke done uh, to make you guys as sharp? Is there anything you've been doing different? Uh, to protect yourselves, or how how's that kind of gone? You know, it's kind of a different landscape in, in student athletics now. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess what Duke does compared to other people is kind of incredible. It's actually, like, really blessing because, you know, we get 
tested every single day. We got to go. The test runs through, like, you know, you get your results, you know, at night. If you get tested, they put you in a hotel. So we're just really following the protocols they're setting. And then it's everything seems so all good. You know, you wear a mask when you have to. They give us M90, um, team mask, um, team like N95 mask, hand sanitizer, all that stuff. And then just when you go home, it's just following their protocols because they have like different protocols at Durham. So yep. it's, you know, no more than a certain amount of people, if there is, wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. So they're really trying to make it the best of both worlds. So, you know, you can somewhat socialize, just not to like a crazy extent, but no, nothing. I mean, we can, we've been practicing as a team through the fall, you know, through the springs now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, hearing about all these other teams, like Denver, I think was practicing in groups or something like that too. Yeah. Ohio just, State, they were working out in groups. Like you had like a pod of like four guys you worked out with constantly yeah. or whatever. I, yeah, I, luckily we didn't have to do that, but. Denver's probably got to be pretty tough because, like, they're hopping on a plane every single week. True. They got to fly down to to Durham to go up pretty big in the first half, and then all of a sudden, uh-oh, here come the Blue Devils. Come back. All apart. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, though, playing two and, uh, like, two and three days against us in Carolina, it's tough. That's pretty awesome for them to do that. But, yeah, oh. that's, that, that's a tough uh, – wh- whoever was making the schedule there for – I mean, I know that Denver's, like, a, a – top of the line program so it's not like you know they they you you expect them to play against top tier programs like that but i I feel like playing you guys in unc in in the same weekend that's uh that's going to be tough for anybody especially if you're flying halfway across the country Mm -hmm. yeah is that your your favorite game of the year the the unc duke game do you have like a you have like a game you look forward to every year like fuck i can't wait to you know is is it duke denver is it duke unc do you you have a game like that me personally, it's uh, this year's. I mean, Q's, you know, haven't beaten them since my time here. So, yeah, it's definitely obviously circled on the schedule. And I think it is for everyone because no one's beaten them. So, except uh, the six year guys. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except the old, except the guys who are uh, stacking up Duke degrees. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's definitely one. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, what's, what's your graduate degree going to be in? Mark, markets and management studies. Markets and markets management studies. What do you yeah. What do you want to do after that? I, after I Duke, couldn't tell. Couldn't tell you. Whatever kind of, whatever kind of flows, whatever comes along, I, I'm up to it. <laughs> well, we'll put in a good word with Paul. We'll see if we can get you on that draft board for the PLL. How's that sound? I think that'd be pretty dope. <laughs> uh, we, I I was about to say in in terms of like teams that you look get up a little bit more to play against. Um, it'll be a shame that you won't be able to, to get a Duke Yale game in at some point this year uh, with, with them not being able to, to have a season. Um, but, you know, you go back to 2008, what was that, your sophomore year? So you guys in the national championship game, uh, you know, an unfortunate result for you guys, but part of the sport. Um, now, is, is that something that you, like, still have – in like, like that taste in your mouth, that's kind of drive. Like you come back for this last year at Duke. Like, is, is that something that you're still looking to avenge like a Batman would? Um, or is that something that's now like rear view and, and you're just like, whatever had happened now we're going on to, you know, try to do something else here. No. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, in the back of your head the whole time, you know, you remember plays and stuff that went bad. So that's obviously a motivating factor. You know, we're, 
right there, you know, could have, would have, should have said the same things, but we lost. So, yeah, you know, that's like the reason you come to school, try and win one, you know, haven't yet. So it was pretty easy decision to come back. And, you know, this is my last year to do it. So, you know, selfishly, it's like, I got to do it. Yeah. Um, now the, the, the reports were out that you were looking to see if you could play a little bit of football in the fall. Um, one, were, were you interested in doing that? And two, uh, are, are you, obviously I'm, I'm sure that you're pumped to be back at Duke to play lacrosse this spring, but are, are, is like there a little part, part of you that wish that you could have got like one football season in? Um, at the time, yeah, I mean, I was because I obviously thought going to finish the season and win, uh, going to go, you know, have a year of football and then figure out what I want to do then. Uh, so, yeah, I was definitely thinking about it. But then once everything hit, you know, the realization came and the opportunity came to come back. It was kind of a – yeah, it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, but, yeah, I obviously love to be back. Um, I mean, you know, like, I don't like – obviously, you know, the back, I guess I wish, but I'm pretty – you know, I'm pretty good with where I'm at. If it didn't happen, it doesn't happen. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty satisfied, satisfied, but you know, yeah, I would like it to happen. Maybe. Yeah. And then you got, uh, your brother, is your brother still on the, uh, on the Jags roster? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so they'll be picking number one pick in the draft coming up. Trevor Lawrence, another ACC guy, Clemson though. It, it, luckily there's, there's probably no, Duke Clemson, uh, unless you guys ever get into it on Twitter, like with their club team. Um, <laughs> but are, are you going to be able to bring yourself to, to be a, a, a Trevor Lawrence guy now once he'll be uh, teammates with your, with your older brother? Uh, yeah. I mean, I liked Trevor Lawrence before just, you know, he was a dog. Uh, but yeah, he's, he seems like he'd be all right. You know, I gotta, I'll vet him out at first. I have him vet him out, see if I like him and then figure it out. You gonna make it down to uh, Jacksonville for any games? Uh, yeah, I tried to this year, and then you know circumstances happen. But yeah, I'm still trying to. I'm gonna eventually. Trying to set me up, give me a good speed. A couple of my friends made it down. I haven't made it down yet. Jacksonville's a wild place. It's pretty lawless. Everyone's like ride a Harley and flip flops type deal. I've, it's I've heard, yeah. it's it's <laughs> insane. But it the um, Georgia Florida. They usually play in Jacksonville at the stadium. It's it's pretty wild. Um, I guess to pivot back to something we talked about earlier, um, you know, Matt Donowski retiring from the PLL. Just for the record, I did call that this summer talking about the PLL, and Nick Asello gave me a bunch of shit saying he and Ned Crotty should retire. So fuck Nick Asello. Uh, love that guy. But, um, you know, Donowski, obviously – uh, the legacy of the Donowskis and Duke, um, you know, how do, how, do you, how do you feel about seeing, you know, Big Matt retire? Um, you know, they're probably, you know, one, one of the greats and uh, his legacy and what the Donowskis have done for Duke. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy. You know, he just talked about it yesterday briefly, just, you know, why he did it, what he was thinking and stuff. But, um, yeah, from, for me, it's just like, I didn't, I didn't realize how good he was one day until, you know, we were at Coach G's house, I think, over the summer, helping clean stuff around. He just had all of his old stuff, just, like, all the accolades and, like, all the awards and, like, all these pictures. And it was like, damn, he was nice. Like, he was, like, really like that. And then you go and look and then realize, yeah, exactly what he's done and just how he's coached, 
you know, us as players and other people as players become like really just like just the best of themselves and just what his like mentality is. It's kind of, you know, for the game, I don't really know it as a professional level yet, obviously, but I'm sure it's definitely going to be, you know, missed with like Team USA guys or just wherever he was, he kind of like was the was the leader of the offense or the, of the team in general. So I'm sure at that level, it's going to be missed. And then, you know, luckily we still got him, you know, yelling at us every day, you know, same fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Shit's just kind of the same for us, but, you know, at the level, professional level, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I can see it as a huge loss. You know, guys were texting and tweeting and stuff. I think so, people, yeah. I think people forget how, like, between Matt Donowski, you had Matt Donowski, Zach Greer, and Max Quinzani all playing at the same time consecutively. They scored, like, a thousand points between the three of them or something like that. Something crazy. It just, yeah. It's uh, it's just it's unbelievable to think about. You know, you they like the just the the generational talent that those three had. You know, in the landscape of lacrosse, I really don't think we have that right now, and I don't know if we'll ever see that again because of the parity of of college lacrosse. Um, you know, how have you seen college lacrosse? You know, how have you, how have you seen the parity of the game grow? Um, you know, from a player's perspective, even in the past five years. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of just crazy. Like going into college, you know, you didn't, I feel like it wasn't even that big. And, you know, I, or I guess I didn't know about it as much in like Dallas or other places, you know, and then talking to guys on our team that are from Atlanta, you know, like Florida, Dallas, California, and like how big it really gotten. And then, you know, you realize where the kid, like how many kids are from different states on our team. And then, you know, other rosters where they're talking about this, like this starting midfield lines from like Texas, Cali and Utah, like ran, like not random, but like not hotbed. So it's kind of incredible, you know, seeing that it, re- it is really growing and the proof is in the pudding in the game, you know, with all these different types of players. And the game is also changing just like from like the way I see it from my freshman year. I feel like there's just so much more like movement and not as like stagnant offenses, I feel like around the country, which is kind of, which is kind of awesome. You know, it's really just making the game a lot more fun, a lot more like harder and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, th- I think you got a guy like Nakai being able to do what he does for your team and then put on for the, the Dallas area lacrosse. Like I, I would imagine, I'm sure that it's been growing in Texas for a while now, but like having Nakai on a national stage on a team that um, I think most people kind of expect to see there come Memorial day weekend, like huge for growing the game in Texas. And then, think about how many goddamn athletes come out of Texas and like all these other sports. And then once they start putting lacrosse sticks in their hands, like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. His, his influence is kind of crazy. I don't even know if he knows how big it is. It's just like the impact it has. even like people around here. It seems like everyone knows the guy, like he knows just about everyone just because his personality. So yeah. And he, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. Seeing him do what he does on the field, you know, for, especially for people that look like us is pretty dope. You know, just giving a lot more, you know, hope and inspiration. Like, I could do this. You know, it's not that hard. Or it is hard, but, you know, I could do this. You know, I you, you say, you know, people who look like us, you know, JT, that's that's kind of a, uh, you know, something I've, I, I've always wondered there. I think there's been um, a recent realization that some of these guys who are incredibly talented athletes, you know, they maybe – do you feel like there was maybe some – uh, some like, you know, Hey, we don't, 
we're not sure about breaking into this, like, let's be honest, like a notorious, like a notoriously white sport, you know, is, was there, was there any like apprehension? Do you think there's any apprehension, you know, culturally to, to, to do that? Um, you know, or, or if there has been over the, over the past 10 years, you know, 20 years, even, even longer than that. Um, I mean, that's a hard one. I don't want to really speak for anyone, but I guess, I mean, I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to speak for anybody, just maybe from your own personal experience. Like, you know, is it, is it, uh, you know, maybe just from your own personal experience? Yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely a lot harder, you know, to get into the sport, you know, just like if you're a minority in general. Um, so, you know, being like, obviously, luckily being from the area I'm area from, I'm from, and like the parents, the people, my parents know, you know, obviously I was in the sport since fifth grade cause they knew people in the sport. So yeah, I think it's definitely a lot harder to reach, you know, my like black people, brown people, whatever they are. So I don't know if there was necessarily, there might've been an apprehension just in terms of the culture is a lot different, you know? So when, if, you know, the conversations are a lot different, the conversation may change just because, you know, people might be from similar backgrounds all on the same team. And then you got the one kid who's from the same place, but a completely different perspective of that same place. So that kind of shifts, but I don't mean like, maybe there was an apprehension to taking the kids in, but I, from my perspective, I, I couldn't see that just because, you know, with the coaches that recruited me, it didn't seem like that at all. Yeah. And I, you know, I hope, I, I hope that wasn't like an uncomfortable question or anything like that. It's just, you know, something that I feel like, you know, that we don't talk about a whole lot, you know, and I, I think that, you know, as Jordy and I are kind of, uh, we're not, amb- we're not ambassadors by any means, but we talk about lacrosse on the fucking internet. And, you know, there's stuff that, you know, there's, there's a corner of lacrosse and lacrosse Twitter. That's really fucking bad. And people are, they are nasty. Uh, and I hate it. And it personally, it absolutely grinds my gears. You know, there's a lot of, you know, little racist, little racist kids running around and, you know, it's, it's a, it, it makes the game look terrible, you know, and the game's always been about, for me, it's always been about the best athletes on the field, no matter what. So, you know, it's, it's nice to, uh, you know, we, we love talking to you. We love talking to everybody, but, you know, to hear, you know, we, we want to hear the truth and that's, you know, we appreciate yeah, yeah. that. No worries. Appreciate the question. Yeah. yeah man. And kind of, kind of like back to what you said, like having guys like you and Nakai, like being able to put on a show, especially on a national stage. Like, I mean, you, you put Nakai out, like at any given moment, he could pop off for a quick, like three goals, three assists. Uh, you are, are just shutting down whoever you have to go up against. So I think, you know, seeing guys who are at the top level playing and, and being the top players at that level, I, I think is huge uh, moving forward. Um, Real quick, though, I, I just to switch gears, um, I've heard a, a rumor kind of going back to Matt Donowski here. I heard that he decided to retire this year because he knew that you'd be heading into the PLL this summer and didn't want to have <laughs> to go up against you. Are you able to confirm or deny those rumors? I, I can't even think of Matt thinking like that. He'd probably, oh my, yeah, nah. <laughs> Has he ever suited up in practice? No, but he probably wishes he could especially on the bad days, but nah, Ned, Ned uses a stick sometimes, which is awesome, you know, just feeding and stuff. But nah, I think he definitely wishes he could sometimes for sure. Especially when, yeah, the offense has a rough day. <laughs> Ned is like the chillest dude uh, in the, in the whole world. He, we, so there's this, there's this guy in Atlanta, his name's Lou Corsetti. He's like the godfather. He's Italian. So obviously, but like, he's the godfather of like Atlanta lacrosse. 
so like he knew Ned and he, you know, he brought it down to a camp and Ned like helped, you know, coach a camp with us or whatever. And Ned was like the absolute like chillest dude I've ever met in my entire life. He was, it's, it's insane. I, I, I can't imagine what he's, you know, cause you know, you like your chill guy and then like you turn him into coaching mode and coaching mode becomes a little different, but you know, there's really no question there. I'm just, you know, confirming that Ned is just a chiller. <laughs> Break, breaking news, Ned Crowdy, super chill dude. You, super chill. You heard it here first. Uh, I, I've got one more question for you. Uh, I don't know if Jake has any more um, breaking news to, to break out after, after I'm done with this one. But um, there, there's always, with, with Duke lacrosse, there's always – someone who like there's there's the top guy and then there's always just a pipeline of studs coming up through the ranks um so obviously a, a guy like sowers and, and brennan o'neill and those guys are taken you know everyone knows those names so far uh but is there one guy on this roster who you're looking at could offensively defensively like whatever um who you're like yeah like you know he's not getting a ton of love right now but like three years from now when quentin and nisha are on the game like he like this is going to be the guy that everyone's going to know about? Um, I mean, I don't want to like sound generic, but honestly, there's, you know, everyone's really good. So I can see that honestly about like, you know, three, four or five people kind of just because, you know, the way practice is going, we have so many guys. So we, you know, we go at it a lot, you know, especially the whole fall, we mix up teams and so many guys were making plays where I was like, wow, that was a great play. So it wouldn't honestly surprise me to see, you know, the whole, like, honestly, the whole freshman class being like, wow, this is a really good senior class, you know, down the line, like what they've done and what they're going to accomplish, you know, throughout their four years. And the juniors, you know, stepping up, you're seeing guys like, you know, working in practice and then getting on the field and getting runs like Griffin Catholic in his first goal against Denver, like just as a result of, you know, just working like he's in, like he's a guy, I guess. But there's, you know, so many others, to be honest, like everyone's like really, really good. Like in my you know personal opinion, just like everyone on every team is like really good. So you can see. Like a lot of a lot of people maybe being like, "Wow, that's a great player." Mm, that's a fair question. That's a that's a co- that's a coach's co- that's a coach's answer right there. That's 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 perfect. Uh, um, so the, my my last question would be: Everybody's got it, but like, do you have like a pregame ritual or anything like that? Like, everyone's different, you know. Faceoff guys. I don't know if you heard the interview with Jake Fought, but like, he won't go on the field if he has a dry mouth. The fucking weirdo like do you have like a pregame ritual like getting your stick taped up or your ankles taped you know what have you um i guess i kind of do like i go eat team team meal whatever time it is go to the bathroom uh get out listen to music for a while i put on a normatech pants or put my legs up just you know chill with nothing crazy just like get my legs right and then uh go to the bathroom again <laughs> go up get my ankles taped uh come back down and just go on the field and i gotta uh me and, and walker the big guy on our team uh do a stick uh, stick routine before the game yeah and then yeah just regular business as usual from that point i just want to clarify this is the the by big guy you mean the guy he's like six seven two sixty right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the, <laughs> not just like oh like you know he's the he's six two or like he's bigger than me no this is the biggest man i've one of the biggest guys i've ever seen yes okay (laughs) just to clarify all right (laughs) cool all right so yeah i mean we we've got uh 
So breaking news, JT is going to score at least a goal this season, maybe a couple. Uh, Ned Crotty, chill dude, and the entire fresh, freshman class is just going to absolutely crush college across for the next four years. So, um, yeah, we, we, we've got a lot to look forward to now. Uh, well, JT, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, everyone listening right now, you can check out JT and the Blue Devils taking on Air Force. That'll be Saturday at noon. Um, then you guys, uh, you, you got some – some ACC play coming up. Uh, actually, you're still a little ways away from from a lot of these. Yeah, the, the UNC. Remember that we said UNC was like April 1st, right? So, uh, yeah, look, look, looks yeah. like Hughes might be towards the end of March. Um, but either way, it, it's going to be an absolute gauntlet in the ACC this year. And you guys are obviously uh, pr- pretty loaded. And, and you know, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think everyone's going to enjoy watching some ACC lacrosse this year. So, JT, thanks. Best of luck moving forward. And uh, looking forward to that first goal you pot home this year. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks again to JT for stopping by. Uh, like we said, you can catch JT and the Duke Blue Devils. They will be taking on Air Force. That'll be a Saturday game at noon. Uh, in Durham, but to get the weekend started, and uh, I, I know that we're a little later on our episode this week, so I don't know. This game could possibly be going on as you're listening to this game, maybe. Uh, but we've got Maryland taking the trip up to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Maryland one and zero. Penn State obviously with that loss to to Rutgers. Uh, I, I I don't think that this will get much easier for Penn State moving forward. I think if they had uh, had some issues with Rutgers, that Maryland coming off their uh, 20 to nine beatdown over Michigan, they're obviously feeling themselves. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe the travel will get to Maryland a little bit, so that'll help out Penn State. But I, I think that this is this is going to be a pretty pretty solid one for for the Terps. I mean, uh, Maryland. Man, I'm trying to think of the, of the last time that Maryland hasn't been just an absolute wagon. Uh, the the twenty to nine dub over over Michigan, kind of telling. I think, yeah, you're right. The road really doesn't get a whole lot easier for Penn State. I mean, th- it's going to be a good game, and we're definitely. Gonna, I mean, I'm uh, I'm definitely going to tune in, it's, right? It's, it's, but I'm not going to be sad if I miss it, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not going to be sad if I miss it. It's Friday. It's Friday night, five thirty on Big Ten Network. Like you know, you might not have anything better to do. Maybe your favorite bar isn't open, so you're you know you're just at home after work watching this game. Like it, it'll be enjoyable. But uh, yeah, I, I think I don't know. Hopefully, if you're listening right now and the game's going on, like hopefully Maryland's out pretty big, or else we're going to sound like jackasses. But that's par for the course. Um, the Saturday slate of games. It's it's pretty solid. Like it's not one that jumps out at you immediately, but uh, like I this this Rutgers Ohio like we've already talked about Rutgers and Ohio State enough on this episode. But considering yes. how much we were just pumping both those teams up, uh, Rutgers taking the trip to Ohio, I believe Ohio State's home in this one. Um, so this will be a, one of the noon games on Saturday. So two teams that looked. Pretty, pretty solid to start off their season in Big Ten play. One of them has to win. One of them has to lose. Off, off the top of your head, out of your – right off the heart, who do you got winning this one? 
I mean, my I mean, my initial my knee jerk reaction says Ohio State, but you know, if Rutgers comes out on top in this one, I mean, I think that they're a real Big Ten contender for this year because Ohio State is a real good litmus test for them. Um, I mean, not that Penn State isn't, but it's kind of clear from watching the past, you know, watching them play, watching Penn State uh, last week that. Ohio State is probably a better litmus test for Rutgers. So uh, I think that I have – I would like to see Rutgers win. I think that would be huge for them, big, huge for the program, um, you know, to kind of start, you know, the season off over two big names. Um, but still would not be surprised, you know, Trey LeClaire and Ryan Tarafenko kind of lead the team to, to a big dub. Um, I mean, that would – you know, it's going to be tough because that one's at noon. Right. And then at one o'clock, we have North Carolina High Point, uh, High Point with their big, big, big revenge game. Again, I cannot hammer it home that UNC High Point game in the middle of the week on Tuesday, you know, a week and a half ago was one of the best games I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Hopefully they bring the heat again for us. Um, you know, hopefully the boys get eight hours of sleep and they come out firing because that's, you know, that's just what you want to see. You just want to see a great little Saturday slate of games. And for me, uh, I've, I'll say it for the millionth time. I'm always on Saturday you know, on Saturdays. I'm always biking. So I get to, I get to pull up all my screens and watch lacrosse while I bike. That's how I know it's this time of the year. It's, it's wonderful for me. Love that for me. And, and people um, don't really realize just how like you're just dripping sweat and, and it's hard to fire off those tweets while your phone screen is just true. covered in sweat. So like, you know, sometimes the, your, your thumb will hit a spot, but it's already, it's got a nice big sweat droplet on there. So like, you're trying to hit like the, the G for, and, and all of a sudden it's putting in the O. So you're battling through it's this. Perilous. So you're, you're battling just as much as the guys who are playing. I'm working just more. as hard, if not harder, if not harder than these guys on the field. So people forget that. Uh, people absolutely forget that. I would, um, I would say then, the, I mean, the, biggest, the biggest thing for North Carolina in this one is uh, hopefully hopefully they have, have been – I'd imagine that a program like North Carolina probably watches a little bit of film. Um, they just need to clean up their clearing game because they – like towards the end of that first game, they looked so bad on the clear, making so many – horrific turnovers that ended up in the back of the net for high point. So, I mean, if they're able to cl clean up those, uh, those turnovers on the clear, like I think that will get the score that we probably could have ended up seeing in that first game um, as they were pulling away, but then let high point creep back in. Um, but yeah, that, that'll definitely be a great game. Um, what else do we got here? Oh, well, obviously the, uh, this is the one where like if, if college lacrosse was at the level of college football or college basketball, I feel like college game day would be in Syracuse for this one where we have the Virginia Cavs who still reigning national champs. Don't, don't ever forget that. They are still the defending champs uh, taking on the Syracuse orange as they look to get their season back on track after a loss to army. The only issue is that Virginia is an absolute wagon. Uh, if you thought that they looked good in game one, they looked even better once they were able to bring back Matt Moore and Doc Zakin. So, um, yeah, if, if that defense had some troubles before, it's definitely not going to get easier for them against Virginia. But 
it's an ACC game in the dome, or I guess the stadium as they're calling it now. Um, anything's possible. I, I think I have to keep going with Virginia on this one. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, that's a safe play. You know, I, I, that's a, that's a safe play. I mean, the last five games have been decided by one point. Um, I, you know, it's possible that this could be the game where it's not decided by one point if Syracuse's defense doesn't come out to play. So uh, for me, I, I would probably say that it'd be great for, for, I think probably, it's probably safe for, to say Virginia is going to come away with the dub here, but I would love to see Syracuse make it a game. Um, I feel like we do that a lot, though. We're like, yeah, duh, duh, but it it's, would be nice. It's always good to do that because then you have all your bases covered and you're right. That's true. Way. Um, but yeah, like th- those are the biggest games of the weekend. I I think that Stony Brook Hofstra will also be a pretty good game. I, I don't even know how people will be able to watch that. I don't know if it's – it'll probably be on some sort of a, a web stream, but that's a nice little – Long Island battle there. Um, Stony Brook's been off to a pretty hot start. Hofstra had that overtime loss to St. John's, but, um, you know, you got Tierney scoring like 50 goals a game. So that'll be a pretty good one. But, uh, yeah, as, as far as big games to watch out for tonight, we have Maryland, Penn State, and uh, on Saturday, Air Force – I mean, who knows? Air Force, Air Force has definitely beaten Duke in February before. So um, – you know, one, I, I would be shocked if it happened this year, but it's not like it hasn't happened before. Uh, Rutgers, Ohio State at noon, High Point, North Carolina at one, and then we can all close out our Saturday night, Virginia at Q 6 p.m. So pretty solid lineup of college across we have ahead of us. Um, make sure that you guys are following us on social. We are at the Crease Dive on Twitter and Instagram uh tiktok as well or is it just creased either way i don't know how tiktok works but you can find us on tiktok uh plenty of highlights throughout the weekend we've got a bunch of guys who are are currently working on those socials jake obviously man in the twitter like like the beast that he is dukes on the instagram josh on the tiktok so follow all those accounts to keep you in the loop all weekend and in the meantime we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die we out See